a good diet isn't accidentally going to happen, unfortunately. You, you actually have to plan ahead and think, can I stick to this diet? Everyone can use nutrition as a, a really important part of, of sport and, and life in general. So. So don't get sucked into the idea of needing two or three Gatorades per game. Welcome back, everybody, to the NSR Australia podcast. It's been an awesome week here in the office. Uh, big shout out to, to all the athletes currently in the United States, uh, doing really, really well. It's awesome to hear all your stories. Uh, we're all very proud of you. Uh, so keep keep killing it, guys. Uh, anyone that, that sort of wants to stay up to date with, with any of our athletes overseas, a reminder to, to jump on our Facebook page. Give it a like. Uh, give it a follow. Uh, we, we're always sharing stories and pictures and uh, videos of our athletes that are currently over in the States. So, and it's definitely a, a good way to, to see... What is actually happening in, happening in the you know in the lives of, of our student athletes currently in the United States? We've got another awesome podcast for you guys today with with some awesome information. Matt Wade is not on the podcast this week. We've all got sick of hearing his voice, so we've given him a week off. Um, Michael Chiaviti will be in in the studio today, uh, talking about sports nutrition. Um, so what a what are bad things that we're putting in our body? What are the good things that we, we should be putting in our body? We'll be talking about pre-game meals, pre-tournament meals, things like that. So uh, a really, really cool episode for, for everyone, not only the, the athletes, but even the parents to, to listen into because you may be able to get some, some valuable information uh, yourself. Mick, welcome back, mate. I know it's been a long time since your, your last call up, but back by popular demand, I guess. Thank you very much for having me, mate. Yeah, it's been a busy couple of weeks. We've been out on the road in a couple of states running the uh, the college combine, so touching base with a number of our athletes to see how they're tracking and smashing some PBs, which is very good. But uh, thanks for having me back. No worries. Now, the theme or the, the topic of today, as you know, is based around nutrition or sports nutrition. Mm-hmm. Do you just want to give uh, – well, I guess the reason that we're – uh, we have this topic at the moment is because you get asked a lot of the same questions based around sports nutrition with the athletes that are on the program. And I guess to save a, a bit of time and, and a lot of work, we're, we're trying to cover all of the main sort of questions in this episode today. So do you just want to give a basic sort of overview or a brief definition of the, the field and what sports nutrition actually is? Yeah, sure. So obviously my background is sports science. So we only... Um, we mean we cover sports nutrition as a component of our education, um, and obviously, uh, if you're out there and you've got special needs or um, you know specific allergies and things like that, I guess then it's probably best that you work directly with a with a sports nutritionist. So that's the <laughs> that's the unofficial disclaimer. Yep. But um, you know, I guess in eighty percent of cases, we can we we can kind of fit most athletes into a little bit of a box and help them improve their performance with making some subtle changes. So. The difference between, I guess, you know, general nutrition or general health nutrition and sports nutrition is that um, sports dietetics or sports nutrition is geared towards producing a specific outcome. So for the athlete, they're either making some big or small changes to what they eat, and, and that's based on their macronutrients, so how much protein, how much fat, how many, how many carbohydrates they're getting in a specific day or a specific week based on what they're trying to achieve with any aesthetic changes or what they're trying to achieve on the sporting field with their performance. So it's very much similar to, to general nutrition, but what we're doing is making 
you know, making changes that are outcome-based for, you know, for their sport. Yep, definitely. Now, a big question that people always ask, and I know I used to ask myself back in the day, uh, was what what should I be eating you know, a day before game day or for, for dinner the night before a big game? I used to smash like eight kilos of pasta and <laughs> um, think that that was going to help me score a bicycle from halfway. But what what should people be eating the night before a game, whether it even makes a, a big difference? Does it? Is it just a myth? Um, but do you just want to answer that question, maybe expand a little bit as well? Like, does smashing a bowl of spaghetti <laughs> help at all? Well, um, I know that the, the famous AFL footballer Chris Judd was religious about his routine and, and, and having a spaghetti spag bowl the night before a game. And if he didn't, he put it down to his poor performance. So, <laughs> now look, I'd love to say that you can you can significantly change your performance by just having one different day of eating leading into a game but unfortunately it's a little bit more complex than that so let's for example think about if you're not getting the right protein intake for example during the week and that affects how you recover from your training sessions during the week then that's probably going to mean that you go into your game a little bit overdone and maybe still feeling a bit fatigued so um, it's very much about what happens throughout the week not just the, the day before. But, so I've been lied to my whole life. Well, no, no, not necessarily. Now, this is what I was going to say. So it's very much based on, on, on your needs as an athlete. So you were playing soccer and in college, covering a lot of kilometers in training and in games. So you can therefore service your massive energy requirement by consuming a, a, a big hit of carbohydrates, being pasta or rice the night before the night before a game. However, um, there's probably a, a school of thought now or a group of people doing a fair bit of research around you know, timing and, and looking at not just what, but how much and when you eat that food. So what I do for, or what I suggest for most of my athletes is they, let's say Saturday is the game day. That's yep. the, the big day that we're preparing for. And, um, and it is an aerobic, say it's an aerobic based sport. So a team sport or something that's going to require a lot of energy over, you know, maybe a couple of hours. Okay. Yep. So um, let's just use that as an example. I suggest to my athletes that they use the Thursday as their main kind of loading day where they, they get lots of carbohydrates and they're fueling their body for this, this big day of competition. Yep. Then the Friday, you want to sort of return to normal eating and just eat what you're used to eating throughout the week because you've been training with no issues throughout the week and, and doing quite well at, at training. So why all of a sudden should you just completely flip that on its head, yeah. do something your body's not used to right before the most important day of the week? So I suggest to people that if you want to load, do that on the Thursday, get your extra bread or pasta or whatever you think is going to help you with more energy. On the Friday, eat your standard you know, three square meals and snacks that you would typically eat. So you're going into the game feeling light um, and, and you've, you know, your, your stomach and everything's kind of used to the process that you've just put it through and you can go in and, and not going to have too many issues. Yep. So we just spoke about diet meals the night before a game uh, and it's not really going to make too much of a difference, maybe a small difference. But if you want to make a big difference, Mick, as you said, you, you probably need to make a big change mm-hmm. or at least do something other than just the day before a game. Uh, but where where do you start? Like what can you do to make a change or what food should you be eating more regularly? Yeah, that's a, it's a tough question to answer because I guess there's some, it's quite a complex uh, area. Like we see trends shifting just about every week in this space, you know, um, high fat, low fat, high carb, low carb, avoid sugar, avoid milk. It, it seems that every week, um, we're getting pushed in a certain direction. Um, but I think there's some staple rules or certain things that you can apply to your dietary habits that are going to set you in good stead. So, look, I think 
reducing the amount of processed food that you eat. So if you if you look at a product and think, geez, this has had to had to go through a fair few processes to get into the form. You know, it started as a as a wheat grain, and now all of a sudden it's a it's a it's a Savoy biscuit. That's had to go through a serious process to get from where it's what it started as to you know it being in your hand and ready to be eaten. So that would I would classify as a processed food. So surely not a Big Mac though. That's- <laughs> <laughs> that can't be processed. Uh, there's a few Don't processes. tell me that. Well, it says 100% Australian beef, but I believe that's the name of the company that produces the beef. But um, And that can be a little bit misleading as well. Like, uh, Definitely look at the ingredients on a pack. And these are some simple things to think about when it comes to processed food. So look at the ingredients on a pack. If the ingredients is very long, ingredients list, like it has 12 or 15 ingredients, then it's heavily processed. If it's got words in that ingredients list that you can't actually read or pronounce... <laughs> It's likely that they're artificial or synthetic products, so you want to try and stay away from that stuff. Um, typically, anything that's packaged really has been processed. And what I tell people often is when you do your grocery shopping, or when mum and dad, uh, who might be listening, do the grocery shopping, shop around the outside of the supermarket, uh, not through the aisles necessarily. So that what that's going to do is going to get you through the fruit and veg section. It's going to get you through the meat section. It's probably going to get you through some of the dairy and, and that sort of space as well. So ultimately end up with a shopping trolley full of things that aren't heavily packaged. So reduced processed food is one. Um, I guess um, protein intake. And the, the challenge is that protein is typically expensive. So things that are high in protein cost more. But, um, you know, you want to try and at least start your day with some protein. I see a lot of like cereals and juice and things like that in, in the morning and it's not something I would suggest you're eating first thing in the day. As a growing young athlete, you want to start your day with something that's going to support that growth and recovery and starting with protein is, is really, really important um, and we'll talk a little bit about examples later on. Um, you know, carbs not the enemy either. Uh, you need carbohydrates because you're active and you're moving. It's where those carbohydrates come from uh, that's really important. So if you're getting it from vegetables and brown rice and sweet potato and 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 you know oatmeal, things that haven't been processed, then, then that's quite good too. You, you probably want to plan ahead because a good diet isn't accidentally going to happen. Unfortunately, you, you actually have to plan ahead and think: Can I stick to this diet? Is this item of food? easy to pack, easy to transport? Can I freeze a heap of it and just pull it out when I need it? Things that allow you to practically stick to the eating plan are going to be really fundamental as well. So um, yeah, portable snacks, you know, athletes, that's that's gold for you guys. Yep. So just to to sum that up quickly, less packaged food, uh, less processed food, more protein, you need to actually plan because an apple's just not going to fall out of a tree into your mouth. So you need to plan. <laughs> what, you need to plan what you're you're going to eat for the week or the next couple of weeks. Um, do a big shop. Stay away from the middle of the the shopping center. Shop around the aisles. That's Good. that's the advice that, that yep. Mick's just given us. So I've I've learned a heap from from just that one segment. So whether or not I change anything, <laughs> probably a different story. Uh, but the, that's just in summary of, of that section. Now, we just spoke about some changes that, that we all can make to, to help improve or our diet and, and performance in the long run, potentially. Uh, but you've worked with some pretty sort of high-caliber athletes, Mick. So uh, if you want to maybe give some examples and explain the type of diet that these elite athletes have and how it's sort of helped them and their performance. Yeah, I guess I've got to give credit to, to some athletes that... Uh miraculously pull off poor dietary habits and still actually play good sports so that i mean that does happen but you you think about the fact that um it's a lot easier to tidy up your diet than go out and do two or three extra training sessions a week to try and get better so the way i see it is it's a 
if you get this right, it's a uh, it's an easy way to pick up some performance improvement. So it's it's a no brainer. Um, but yeah, look. Uh, Again, it's trial and error. You know, I think it takes a lot of athletes years to work out what their perfect recipe for success is, no pun intended. Like if they're going to work out, um, you know, five or six times a week, then they know, you know, what their schedule needs to be like diet-wise specifically for them. And that's, you know, what we call a needs analysis. But, you know, I think using a diary is a really good idea if you're out there. If you want to like write out seven days of eating and then see how you feel and see how you perform on the weekend, you can start to do a needs analysis for yourself, which is what a lot of these athletes do with their their nutritionists. Um, But it has to be goal-based. You know, if you're trying to increase your muscle mass or you're trying to maintain body weight because you feel like you just can't put any weight or if you're trying to lose some some unwanted body weight, then, you know, your diet's going to have to be geared towards towards that. Um, Oh, look, I've had... Guys like Sam Solomon, who's world um, champion boxer, he used to carry around his uh, wholemeal bread and his toaster with him to training <laughs> sessions. So he'd come in for a training session with me, and he had his his jaffle maker there so that he could <laughs> eat straight after the session. He knew exactly what he needed to do, and it was to the minute. So, uh, and he, he, you know, he's famous for, for saying that he chews every bite thirty times to make sure that nutrients gets into his stomach. So. <laughs> You know, every every athlete has their own little things, but what I thought I'd do is talk you through what I've got here is um, a, an example from one of the athletes I'm working with now. Um, Tristan, he's a goalkeeper based in New South Wales, and he's had some some serious success with his diet and getting things on track around his athletic development, and I'll talk you through one of his days. Um, so he's starting his day with um, three scrambled eggs, two pieces of bacon, avocado, and a piece of rye toast. So again, a bit of preparation required there, but protein, some veggies, some good fats, and some low GI bread, which is great. Uh, morning tea is having a, a handful of almonds. At lunchtime, he's having some ground um, minced meat with jasmine rice and veggies. So he's obviously pre-packed that and maybe put it in the freezer and then brought it the next day. Um, afternoon tea is a banana and some Chobani yogurt, and it says eaten just before training. So he's getting some protein and carbs before he goes out on the training track. And then dinner is at four um, four turkey rissoles um, with asparagus and and mashed sweet potato. So you can see that he's got a good balance of protein, not a lot of refined processed foods, and and he's putting three liters of water there as well. So um, that's just a, an example for you. Yep, and I love rissoles. <laughs> they're pretty they're pretty easy and you know don't be afraid of fat that's one of the things we're going to talk about in a sec but uh you know a little bit of fat in the diet is is, is okay it's probably the sugar um, that you want to keep right down which tristan's done really well to do there so finally mick i'll, I'll ask you one more thing if you can um maybe give us five do's and five don'ts when it comes to nutrition Okay, cool. So we'll think about, um, you know, just for the context of the discussion, we'll think about a youth athlete, you know, developing athlete so that we can address their needs a little bit. And again, sort of team sport seems to be where the majority of our athletes are, are coming from. So we'll um, don'ts first or do's? What would you like? Don'ts. Let's end with positives. Okay. All right. Um, I guess they're all positives. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like yeah. yeah. Well, look, if, if I think about... Um, what I see most commonly, I'd say, look, don't don't eat excessive amounts of fruit. I know that that's going to sound really unusual to hear, but um, you're going to get a lot of your vit- like your vitamin intake from you know a healthy source of vegetables throughout the day. So one or two pieces of fruit is absolutely fine, especially around training time. But five, six pieces of fruit, you know, two glasses of orange juice or a boost juice, things like that have quite a lot of sugar in them. So avoid sugar and avoid juice. Um, number two would be. 
avoid fat around training time. So a lot of athletes think that oh, I've just spent two hours training or playing. This is my, my treat is I can go and have a Big Mac or fish and chips or whatever, you know, because I've, I've earned it, so to speak. <laughs> the problem is that's when your body's actually starving for nutrients to recover. And um, what they've found is if you ingest a large amount of fat at the same time as the protein, the protein intake is going to be slowed significantly. So your body's trying to absorb carbs, absorb protein to you know, refuel and rebuild. And, and this big whack of fat that you've put in your stomach actually slows that process down significantly. So avoid too much fat after a heavy competition or game. Um, minimize sugar intake would be number three. So don't get sucked into the idea of needing two or three Gatorades per game. If you've eaten well in the week and you're fueled up with some healthy carbohydrates, it's highly unlikely, unless you're an ultra marathon endurance athlete, that you're going to need you know two Gatorades per game. Okay, so um, just you know avoid excessive sugar intake. Um, this might be another controversial one, but avoid too much dairy. Um, there's a real misconception or. There's some confusion about how much dairy you, you really need in your diary. Uh, in your diary. In your diet. <laughs> in your diet. Um, dairy in your diary. Um, but, you know, I would avoid excessive amounts of milk, for example, like a glass a day and a piece of cheese. And if you're having some eggs, you're going to tick that box really easily. So, um, you know, don't go too aggressive on, on, on dairy products. Um, and the big killer is things that are high in fat and high in sugar at the same time. So, uh, which doesn't happen... In, in nature very often, but something like a donut, which is uh, fried dough covered in sugar, it's very high in both those elements, the body kind of freaks out a little bit uh, and it's not it's not great for your health. And I guess ice cream is probably the other, unfortunately, the other one that's really high in sugar and high in fat at the same time. So yep. uh, avoid those kind of things. Okay, and what about like, here's one just, just from me, energy drinks before a game or something like that should I pound a Red Bull to, to get some energy or a V or <laughs> I knew a this, I knew this might come up so ergogenic aids in terms of taking supplements and things like look don't be afraid of supplements I think some protein powder post training or post game is absolutely fine it's going to help you recover um, but as a youth athlete do you need a stimulant to get excited about training or playing I'd say probably not you know wait till you're an, you're an older athlete and you know, you've had you're doing two sessions a day, and you're really cooked, and you need that little bit of a pep up just to get through the game or the training. But I wouldn't make caffeine a regular part of your preparation process unless you desperately need it. Um, so, yeah, as a youth athlete, probably stay away from the stimulants for now. So, Mick, there's some really good things that that everyone should avoid. Uh, now, if you just want to list five things that we should start doing, okay? Yeah, um, so we'll finish on a positive note. So. Yep. Um, this is really important. So I think I think every athlete, if they're going to be really diligent with their eating, you should treat yourself. Like if you've got something that you really love, like say you do love eating chocolate, if you want a sustainable diet that you're going to be able to stick to, pick the days and the times that you are actually going to have a bit of chocolate and earn it. You know, do all the right things leading in so that you can enjoy the stuff that you love. That's really really important. But pick your battles, so to speak. You know. Um, yeah earn it and pick the days or, or the time of day that you, you treat yourself, which might be like, you know, a piece of chocolate after a heavy training session or something yep. like that as, as, as a treat is okay. Um, uh, you probably want to, uh, as I said earlier, definitely increase your protein intake. That's critical. Okay. As a developing, growing athlete that's trying to recover day in, day out, protein intake is really important. So, um, and you know, things like red meats, chicken, fish, if you're a vegetarian, um, legumes, chickpeas, 
lentils, things like that, that are, that are going to give you a good hit of fiber and a good hit of protein are, are excellent. Tofu's got a fair bit of protein in it as well. Yeah, um, yeah it's not, not, not everyone's favorite, <laughs> but if you're a vego, then you're probably used to it. Um, you know, don't, as I said earlier, don't be afraid of supplements. That's the other thing. If, if you want to increase your protein intake, again, if you're getting, if you're getting tested, drug tested as a youth athlete, which some of our high-end athletes might be, um, you, you need to make sure on the Asada website that that particular product is has TGA approval and it's and it's Asada approved and it, it's safe for you to use that. So usually Australian or New Zealand based products, so Body Science, Musashi, they're fine. So a little bit of a protein shake post heavy training is absolutely fine. It's not going to um, affect your health or anything like that. If anything, it'll help you with your recovery. Um, what else? So. I'll probably look, fiber intake is, is really important and gut gut health is, is critical. So if you can get your hands on a um, probiotic or you can drink a Yakul today or you can make sure that you're getting um, foods that have got a fair bit of fiber in it, stomach health is really, really important because you could be eating some great quality foods, but if your stomach's not up to digesting them and drawing out the nutrients, then you're not going to get the real benefits. So having a healthy tummy is really important. Uh, and lots of greens. I know it's probably been said a million times, but uh, make sure you've got lots of color on your plate. You know, um, your broccoli, your spinach, um, beans, things like that are, are excellent. So you kind of have to bite the bullet, even if you're not a big fan, and, and just remember that it's doing you good uh, in, in the long run. Easy. So there we go. Five do's, five don'ts. We'll, we'll wrap it up now, but hopefully everyone has, has learned something. But Mick, thanks for, for joining us this week on the podcast. No, thanks for having me back. I hope everybody was able to you know take away one or two things that they can implement. Thank you, Mick, and thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode. Hopefully, you, you've taken away some valuable information. I know I certainly have, and uh, I found out I probably need to, to change my diet. Whether or not I do is a different story, but <clears throat> it's really good information for, for everyone to have. And you know, if you did take some, some sort of key points away, hopefully you can, you can maybe change your diet. Even, even the parents out there, it's, it's obviously universal sort of information. It's not just for, for the athletes. It's, it's information that everyone everyone can use nutrition is a, a really important part of of sport and, and life in general so when you're in the states as well you know it's a big part of college sports i remember uh in in my time in college we weren't allowed to eat ice cream or sweets if we ever got caught in the cafeteria eating ice cream it was you know 20 push-ups on the spot so uh, in front of everyone in the middle of the cafeteria and i, I remember doing probably close to a billion push-ups in my first year i really like ice cream so I uh, got caught a few times, but it, it is a, a big part and it's a necessary part of, of sport. So uh, hopefully everyone's taking something away again, but <clears throat> tune in next week. We'll have some really important information again, uh, another awesome topic. Uh, if you do have any ideas on topics or things you want covered or feedback, as always, it's, it's um, you know, we want your feedback. We want ideas on topics, uh, even though there's a million, trillion, zillion topics that, that we could cover. Uh, if you do have one in particular that you would like to have covered, please let us know. Send us feedback uh, because because we need it and, and we love it. So tune in next week. We'll have another great episode for you guys. Thank you. Thank you.